Welcome to episode 131 of Ready Press Play, recorded July 21st, 2022. We're your bi-weekly source for everything that's new and exciting in the world of video games. Today we'll be talking about Sony's new loyalty program, Discord coming to Xbox, June's NPD results, and more. Stay tuned. What's up, players? This is your host, Dan Lima, and I'm joined, as always, by my great sidekick, Luis Menchaca. <laughs> you know, Dan, this episode is a palindrome. Oh, you've been listening to too much uh, Podcast <laughs> Unlocked. <laughs> I don't know if you know that that's a thing, but uh, yeah, yes. Ryan McCaffrey loves the, the palindromes. He brings thought, it up every time. <laughs> I, I thought it was like Marty Sleva that said it all the time back in the day. Like, I, <sighs> I that was like an old joke from like 2015 Podcast Unlocked or whatever. It might have been. Dude, what the hell happened to Marty Sleva, huh? Didn't he get Twitter canceled or something? Not officially. That's uh, I kind of paid attention to that one because it was it was right around the time where a lot of other people were getting uh, you know, involved in in in, in different sorts of allegations and getting fired because of that and stuff. But he he just kind of randomly left uh, and disappeared for a while. Um, but there was no like at least like. I'm sure there's something, you know, like there must be something in there. But as far as like publicly or whatever, like he publicly, there was nothing. Yeah, he was never disgraced. OK, interesting. But yeah, yeah. no, like uh, I, I've always been wanting to make that joke for like a long time. Like I always had it in the back pocket, but I always keep forgetting every time there was a palindrome episode. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I I, I I think I even made a joke last week during uh, one game at a time last week. I was like, I already know what next week's is. And you were like, oh, you got a plan. I'm like, yes. Yes, I do. Ah. Once again, you're just like, you know, building up the hype and then and then just disappointing me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm joking. I'm joking. That's fine. Dude, uh, listen, I, you can probably not hear any of my voice. I think I, I, I'm pretty good at making it not seem that way. But can you believe, Louis, that I've actually been sick for like four weeks now? You know, that's yeah. crazy. I think that you need to see a doctor. And I don't say that I, like, I jokingly, have. but yeah. <laughs> I, I have. Now, I kind of want to give you a timeline of this because... Uh, I took uh, I took some time off from work a while ago, and I went to Florida. I talked about that. I did a cruise with my mom, etc. Uh, at the end of it, when I came back, like I was still in Florida, I when I came back from the cruise, I started feeling sick. I went to the doctor. I got tested for COVID like a, many times. I got tested for the flu. It was all negative. The doctor was just like, "Hey, you got like some some kind of other you know virus infection or whatever." Um, and then he you know he gave me some. Um, he gave me some medicine for more so for like the symptoms first, like cough syrup and some other stuff. And, and he also gave me like a prescription for antibiotics. And he said, you know, if you don't get better within this time frame, that's when you get, you feel the prescription for antibiotics. So I ended up delaying my flight back from Florida. I stayed there for a few more days so I could feel a little better, uh, before I came back. And I, and I sort of did came back, uh, the, but after that time frame was done, I was still not a hundred percent. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll, I'll, I'll take the antibiotics. I did it for five days. That's, that's all it was, uh, for that particular prescription. And even after the antibiotics, I was still not great. And I've just kind of been writing it now for a few weeks. It's like, it's been this weird on and off. Like some days I feel better, some days I feel worse. And I was like, whatever, I'll, maybe it will just go away eventually until yesterday wednesday where i woke up feeling like complete shit it was like the worst day so far my throat was in so much pain it was like sore and swollen and stuff and i just oh couldn't breathe i was like so, i was feeling so bad 
I, I had to take a day off from work and everything. And then I went to the doctor and I went to the doctor and they checked me out again. And it's like, hey, you know, it's just a sign. It's just another si sinus infection or whatever. They and they prescribe me antibiotics once again. So I'm back on antibiotics for the second time within this month. Um, and I have just been sick for an entirety of four weeks. But like I said, it's like this weird, like, it's like, it's not like I've just been consistent. If there's like a graph, right? It's like, it's sort of like a, a cardiogram or it's like, it goes down, it goes up, it goes down, it goes up. Some days I'm, like a sign I'm okay. Like, basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like yesterday was awful. And then today I've been able to push through. I worked and I'm, I'm okay. I've been working from home this entire time too. Cause I don't want to, um, get anybody sick and stuff right. else because I, I don't want to have to drive to the office but um yeah it's been it's been a little tough i'm just i've just been kind of i'm i'm the opposite of a, an over dramatic person i'm an under dramatic person where i'm like yeah i can handle it you know like and i'll just push through but yeah it's been it's been a little tough these last few weeks so then uh that that gives me into my next question is how are we gonna do this because we're gonna see each other in real life in two weeks yeah, so um, I'm taking antibiotics again, and this time I'll 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 have to do it for ten days instead of five. Oh and my I'm god! Just hoping, right up until evil. Yep, I'm just <laughs> hoping that it will beat it. You know, I just hope I'm just hoping that myself with the antibiotics will just beat whatever the fuck this is by then. And you never um, got Leah sick. No, that's the other surprising thing too is that I almost believe that's also what's kind of led me to believe that it's probably not contagious because. This entire time, she hasn't been sick at all. Or it's either not contagious or uh, maybe she just, like, is something she has, like, a good immune response to or whatever. Um, I almost feel like maybe when I got COVID, like, a year ago or when I uh, just, like, being in isolation for so long, I, I maybe our immune systems are just sort of fucked now or something. I don't know. Um, meaning, like, some of us. Yeah. Really interesting. But yes, we're going to, in case you guys didn't catch it, but we are going to be meeting up yeah. and uh, hanging out uh, for that weekend in two weeks, which is interesting because the next time we do our podcast is in two weeks. So we're probably going to record on Wednesday or something. Yes. Um, and that one, you're going to be editing, my friend. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I know. It's okay, though. I got it. I got a day off or something like that. So I'll be good. Um, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. But yeah, um, yeah, that's enough shenanigans. That's whatever. I don't, <laughs> much, I don't have anything to add. All right, that's fine. Let's get started with the show. We actually, because we didn't record in two weeks, we managed to accumulate a decent amount of stuff to talk about. So remember, we meet every other Friday morning to discuss the top news of the week, notable releases on our platforms while we're playing big topics of the industry and the games we love. I do want, I do have just one quick housekeeping actually that I want to throw it out here. We started our spinoff show one game at a time. We already have two episodes out. Track Toyomi and Oxenfree. It's basically a review, then spoiler cast format of a of a podcast. Uh, and you should go and check you that out. You can go. Free. What? Oh wait. Oh, you said. Oh, you said Track Toyomi. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, I, I said Track Toyomi like, and Oxenfree. Ah, damn! I didn't catch that last part. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, thanks for interrupting me, by the way, <laughs> making me lose out the flow. I'm joking. Um, so these are still going to continue to drop here for a while, but we did start another feed and that feed should be available in most podcast services right now. I had to do a little bit of work for that, but uh, I know for sure that it's available on Apple. It's available on Spotify. It's available on Overcast. Um, I haven't tested all the other places yet, but uh, it should be out there in most platforms right now. So please go and check that out. Subscribe to that. At some point, we're probably going to transition over where those shows are going to be strictly dropping on that um, on that feed. Uh, now enough of that. Let's get started with our topics of discussion. Hey, listen. I just gotta add that 
this isn't part of the Ready Press Play 3.0 rollout. <laughs> like, very <laughs> <late>. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, all right. So one story, I, I one of the bigger stories that, that happened uh, this week, it was just announced uh, yesterday as of the day of recording. And I know that Louis already talked about this a little bit on the Level 1 Gaming Podcast Double XP, but it's going to have to do it again. Uh, Connect Your Worlds Discord voice chat comes to Xbox consoles for Xbox insiders. I'm going to read straight from the source here, Xbox Wire, reported by Eric Varey, the principal program manager for player experiences and platforms. All your friends and communities in one place, get ready to connect with your Discord friends and communities on Xbox. Discord voice chat is coming to your Xbox Series X and S and Xbox One consoles. You'll be able to chat with anyone on Discord via voice channels or group calls directly from your console, making it easy to connect with friends across mobile, Xbox, and PC. The update will start rolling out to Xbox Insiders today, that was yesterday, and will be available soon for everyone. Uh, today's update enables a highly requested feature, Discord Voice on Xbox console, allows you to talk with your friends and community while you play your favorite games, planning a few rounds of multiplayer action in Halo Infinite with buddies on both console and PC, exploring new biomes with your friends in Minecraft, see them already playing a game that supports crossplay, connect to their voice channel and chat as you all play. While you are playing on your console, you will be able to see who is in the call when speaking. You will also be able to adjust the sound and switch between Discord Voice and Xbox Game Chat. Let's see here, you can link your Discord account to your Xbox. Um, yada, yada, yada. I think you got the gist of it. Uh, Louis, does this matter? What do you think of it? You know, I would. I honestly thought it didn't matter, but when I was on uh, Double XP this week, uh, apparently um, Fame says that the audio experience on, on uh, Xbox Live isn't that good. It's subpar. And I'm like, really? I had wow. no idea. Uh, I honestly, I mean, I've used... Wait, actually, no, I take that back. I have not used <laughs> Xbox Live Chat uh, when I play on, like, Fortnite. I've been using the Fortnite's chat, which is not the same thing. But, yeah, no, um, I honestly thought that, like, from, like, my understanding from, from a marketing and branding perspective, I have always thought that on consoles, like, Xbox Live is, like, the gold standard about how to do things. You know, they always talked about how much money they spent on all these dedicated servers and all that kind of stuff. So, um, apparently, if, if Discord's got the sauce, then then this makes sense. And not to mention, you know, with, with Discord being so platform agnostic, and it's crazy that, uh, you know, Discord has built such a, a community, like, multiple communities of just, you know, shared interests and stuff like that. So, that being said, integrate it. Fuck it. Let it, let it be, you know? Uh, PlayStation can get uh, can get Discord if Nintendo can get Discord, and obviously Discord's on PC. You know, boom! It's like you can basically like do Fortnite, but with every game. You know, obviously with this being an Xbox Wire blog post, they keep talking about Discord on Xbox and PC and mobile, right? But I wonder if you could be on a call, and and it seems like you could, right? I don't see any reason why you couldn't with somebody that was on PlayStation or whatever. Um, I I don't know if Nintendo. I don't think Nintendo has any kind of integration like that, but I'm pretty sure PlayStation does, right? Or will have. Um, so that that would be interesting as well if you could have like play Fortnite, right, and have somebody be on PlayStation on Xbox, but you can already do that on the game chat anyway. Yeah, within the game uh, itself, yes. Yeah. Um, and with with Nintendo, like. You you on Fortnite with Nintendo Switch, you can basically use the headphone jack to you know connect a wired uh, a wired headset. Uh, mm -hmm. That's how you do uh, the chat through there. But otherwise, you got to use your phone. Like with Nintendo, it's all about using an app. Yeah. Uh, so and plus, there's a Discord yeah. app on phone anyway. So it's basically par for the course. 
you know, I'm the worst person to comment on the story, to be honest, because I am not a multiplayer gamer almost at all. I, I used to be more so. And when I was a multiplayer gamer and I was back in the day playing League with my friends and Ragnarok Online and all these games that I've talked about in the past, we used Skype. That was the thing that we <laughs> used at the time. Uh, it was sort of the most popular, like, I don't think it was necessarily the most popular for gamers, but just in general, it was like, it seemed like to be the most popular uh, communication service uh, for things like that, like, you know, like, online call service. And so that's what we always used. And then I was I was out of that world for a while. Uh, and I have a Discord. I've used it a few times. But I just, I mean, we've even used it for the show during a certain time frame and stuff. But for whatever reason, I just don't love Discord. I feel like it's, it's become the standard. And I guess I, I assume it must be doing things better than than everybody else but i i almost kind of don't see why because it <laughs> feels very disconnects issues and stuff like yeah that. <laughs> like it feels very basic to me it, it has a I've, I've had plenty of disconnect issues strictly with discord that we didn't have when we we're on zancaster for example or whatever uh and I'm, I'm not the only one i've heard other people say this too where they'll have random like drop calls and halfway Hug, hugger struggles like, it with with discord as well on on uh on level one gaming and, as well. and, and the other thing too is that i've i've used slack uh, there's there's a program called Slack to those that don't know out there. That's a communication, like an enterprise communication software uh, that I've used for work for many years now. And Discord is basically a copy of Slack um, in a lot of ways, like the channel structure and everything. And for whatever reason, I guess that should make it for an easy tra an easy transition for me. But it's more so like, oh, that's like my my work thing, <laughs> you know. And it feels a little weird to have that same uh, structure on what's supposed to be like kind of like the fun thing and and i think the other thing as well is that i just like i said i just i don't play online games that often anymore and i just don't really find myself that interested in like having to log in to this app and be on in this app constantly to communicate with people i i'd start to rather just just text them just text them and then hop on a call for whatever so it's fine i'm sure people will love it um that that they have this option now um but yeah it's not something that i myself in particular am overly excited about i'm just like okay cool you yeah. know it's interesting now that it is the next thing it's interesting that it is the gold standard you know when i think about like youtube channels it's like join my discord server you know stuff like that it's a lot of shared interests and uh i've actually joined i actually joined discord like back in the early early days when discord was like not even popular like uh mm -hmm. i guess i'm, I'm hipster or poser or whatever the fuck you want to call it but <laughs> my my friend put me on the discord and said hey join this discord server about like freaking personality traits you know you know you take like those like personality traits oh it's like it's like four letters you know like like ij mm -hmm. or whatever the fuck it is you know it's yeah. like you could take it to one of those personality tests and so it's like it was a basically a, a discord server about that uh and mm -hmm. that was my first time i ever joined a discord server and i had a discord account for like years that were dormant because like i i use it for a minute and then next thing you know it was popping off and then here you go i just had to re remember my password or whatever yeah uh but yeah. yeah honestly if you message me on discord and i didn't respond for a certain amount of time it's not you it's me because i just don't like i often forget like i'll i'll log off or whatever for whatever or it will automatically log me off for whatever reason like on my phone and then i i forget to check it for months at a time uh <laughs> usually and and the other thing too is i think that i i sort of changed my habits where you know in the past i would have been somebody that was behind a computer most of the time like for fun like behind like a personal computer right uh -huh. and then in that situation it would make sense for me to have discord open just like in the background or whatever and talk to people that way uh but i don't really do that anymore i'm just behind a computer for work all day and then when i'm not working 
I don't want to be in a computer usually. <laughs> like I, I'm in the computer for ready, press play for recording this, right? I'm in the computer for some personal projects that I work on every once in a while, but I just, it's, it's just not like, it's not an environment that the PC is no longer an environment that I want to be in for the majority of my leisure time. And it's why I've, I've transitioned to becoming more of a console gamer over the years. Um, so that I, I also think Discord is very associated with kind of that PC uh, mm-hmm. crowd, that PC space. So I, I, I mean, now it looks like they're trying to spread their wings and, and go for the console market as well. We'll see if it hits. All right, cool. Uh, all right, Louis, I'm going to do something a little different on this episode, which is that we had so many extra news that I added to our to our doc that I'm going to I kind of pepper them in throughout the, the topics of discussion as well. So since we just talked about Xbox, I got two Xbox extra news that I'm going to read right here. Uh, the first one is that Microsoft's Xbox series of consoles have already more than doubled Xbox One's lifetime sales in Japan. The latest hardware sales data has revealed uh, and the other one is that blockchain technologies and NFTs are not welcome in or around Minecraft. Developer Mo Yang said in a statement that outlined the developer's stance on how users can and cannot use their game. So do you nice. have anything to comment on those two stories? Um, well, thank you, Mo Yang, for, for like, you know, taking a stance against that. Like, I would applaud you right now. Yep. Um, as far as the Xbox series uh, selling, like, <laughs> wow, I can't believe in only... Eh. It's like 260,000 units is all it takes to do double. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's crazy. When, I know, like right? on the On the one hand, it's like, you did double the Xbox One already. I'm like, yeah, you get them. But then you're like, ooh, it's like, it's yep. like, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, you could sell like, I, I made uh, double the money today. But it's like, really? How much money did you make yesterday? Oh, five bucks. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like you know, I don't know. It's it's funny because the the Japanese market has kind of been shifting uh, over the years. People sometimes talk about how it's it's a lot more focused on mobile mobile gaming and and handhelds even and stuff. And and people are sort of moving away from from console games. And 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 yet you know the Xbox is growing over there. It's still really small, but it's 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 growing compared to where it was at before. Um, and from what I hear, the PlayStation is the PS Five is surprisingly not doing so well in in Japan to the point where. There was a story a few weeks ago about how Microsoft, for that week's worth of sales, more Xboxes were sold than than PS5s in Japan. It was like, it never happened before, you know, like in the history of of Japan. (laughs) Um, So it it doesn't mean much because PS5 is still outselling them there by by a lot and stuff. It was just that one week, but still, it's it's interesting. And and people were sort of theorizing like whether perhaps the, the big size of the PS5 in a market where more, most people live in like small apartments, if that could yeah. have some influence on it, maybe people are buying the Series S or whatever um, as their next gen console. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, real quick sidetrack. Uh, I have been using the black plates on the PS5. And oh yes. I gotta say, like, I, I it, it from the moment go, it it, lo- it loses its personality on black really? plates. Really? Yeah. I it feels like this monolith slab of no personality there's no there's no fire it kind of looks a little dull uh oh interesting i'm gonna i'm waiting to get my purple controller first before i put the purple plates on but uh mm-hmm. yeah i was not very happy i was like, gonna say not very happy that's like maybe overstating it but the sentiment is kind of it's, it's sort of in that ballpark i was like a little yeah uh we're seeing it next to the xbox series the xbox series x actually looked better so interesting yeah well you can sell it on eBay. I <laughs> know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, nah. Yeah. You, you might even be able to make a profit on it. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> all right. So talking about PlayStation, let's go on to our next story here. Once again, straight from the source, the PlayStation blog 
This was reported a bit ago, so about a week ago, July 14th. Introducing PlayStation Stars, an all-new loyalty program. Join for free, complete campaigns, and earn rewards. Reported by Grace Chen, Vice President of Network Network Advertising. I almost said Network Farting, I think. Uh, (laughs) Loyalty and Licensed Merchandise. Throughout our company's 27-year history, we have been continually moved by how meaningful game experiences can create found, lifelong memories for players. All of us at PlayStation take special joy in creating unique products and experiences that delight our fans. This includes everything from our consoles and critically acclaimed games, to community challenges such as Seize the Throne and Treat Codes, to digital and live events including State of Play. Today. I am pleased to review PlayStation Stars, a brand new loyalty program that celebrates you, the player, for being on this ever-growing gaming journey with us. PlayStation Stars will be free to join when it launches later this year. Once you become a member, you will earn rewards by completing a variety of campaigns and activities, or a monthly check-in campaign simply requires you to play any game to receive a reward, while other campaigns require you to win tournaments earn specific trophies, or even be the first player to platinum a blockbuster title in your local time zone. All PlayStation Stars members will have opportunities to earn loyalty points. Points can be redeemed in a catalog that may include PSN wallet funds and select PlayStation Store products. As an additional benefit, PlayStation Plus members enrolled in PlayStation Stars automatically earn points for purchases on the PlayStation Store. Also, as part of PlayStation Stars, we are unveiling a new type of reward called Digital Collectibles. Collectibles are as diverse as our portfolio of products and franchises. They are digital representations of things that PlayStation fans enjoy, including figurines of beloved and iconic characters from games and other forms of entertainment, as well as cherished devices that tap into Sony's history of innovation. There will always be a new collectible to earn, an ultra-rare collectible to strive for, or something surprising to collect just for fun. I do want to interject here, and this is Dan speaking, that they, I, I believe they've clarified that these are not NFTs. They work a little bit different. They're sort of just within the PlayStation ecosystem and not something that you can sell or buy. It's just something that you are, and it's more of like a different type of trophy that you would get uh, instead of like a, an NFT, which can be um, commercialized and stuff. Just to finish the article, though. We hope this new program brings to mind past gaming memories while making you excited for the future with PlayStation, commemorating the gaming eras we created together, charting new paths to explore, and bringing players together for global celebrations. This is just the beginning for PS Stars, and the program will continue to evolve over time. We're currently doing some early tests on this program before launching it later this year in phased regional rollouts. We hope you enjoy the program once it launches. We'll be back with more updates in the future. Thanks for reading. Louis, I need some water. Tell me what you think of this. Okay, so let me just say that uh, on on first glance, I am not looking forward to this program, and I'll tell you why. Because I have come from the the long lineage of like Nintendo reward those those yes the Nintendo rewards. What is it called? I forgot the club, name of that club name. Nintendo, club, right? Yeah, that's the one. Club Nintendo. Yeah. See, the thing about Club Nintendo is all you had to do was buy the game, and that's it. You didn't have to play the game. Uh, you, whenever you do those surveys, you can just make it up. You know, there's no, there's no testing. Yeah, but you did have to have the work of filling out the surveys, by the yeah, way. There was yeah. a few times where they had like a time limit and stuff. There are a few times where I missed some, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Okay. So that being said, um, like uh, you can't fake, you know, getting it, being the first person to platinum a game. You have to actually do the work. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, you know, and also there's like, there's like people that there's, there's, uh, 
different segments of people have different times on their hands and different schedules and so it like it, it like it almost kind of hinders people who like work like nine to five kind of stuff so when a game just drops at midnight there's people that can just stay up and or skip work right. or not have to work on this day of the week and whatever and so suddenly like it rewards those people that have the time on their hands to just do be the first person to platinum a trophy or whatever like um and then also like say when, whenever it comes to winning tournaments that, that also has a skill barrier like it's going to reward people that are you know it's like a meritocracy you know like not everybody yeah. can be at the top so it's like i feel like there's a little bit of unfairness going around with these uh with this stuff and uh, i i just think that somebody had that idea of like let's reward people who play right you know like that's yeah. like on the on the on the outset it makes sense like you want to reward people that are playing right but uh, there's like there's no way to execute it without it without cutting people off is the way i see it right and uh i i just i don't know like i'm not i'm not for it in that in that sense you know i i you're i'm, you're, I'm talking about a guy who myself like i have a lot of games in the shrink wrap still so right. like that being said uh for me they're sort of treading on thin water uh there's just so many ways that this could go wrong um yeah i guess i'm not really feeling it i don't know what okay. else to say I, I don't feel as strongly about it as you do. I, the way I look at it is, I guess, a little bit more simple, which is that it's a, it's a new thing you get for free, right? For just playing on PlayStation. So I'm all in for that. I understand that in order to be fully rewarded, it's like an extra metagame, like an extra trophy system or an extra addition to the trophy system. We are not the ones that are out there getting all the Platinums, but there are people that are the most hardcore, the most hardcore that are out there platinuming every game they get or trying to get, you know, over a hundred platinums or whatever, and just kind of counting that, counting that up versus me and you, we may occasionally get a platinum or, or two for, for very specific games that we're either like really into or that, you know, we're an easy, yeah. like you just have to play the game once and get it. And not um, every platinum is, is equal. Like there's just some platinums that in my opinion are, are basically impossible for me to do, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and, and, and meanwhile, there, there are games out there that are, that sell just because you can get a really easy platinum on it, which I think is ridiculous. Um, but at the same time, it's like, okay, I understand that I'm not going to be even close to the top earners in this program. Like the top earners on this program are going to be the, the most hardcore, the most hardcore, the PlayStation fans, similar to the to the you know the, the trophy system itself but i can't be upset about the fact that if i sign up for it that just playing the playstation games that i already play for instance right now i'm playing ghost of tsushima is going to earn me something right be it even if it's like you know every six months of playing random playstation games i get like a ten dollar discount on the playstation store or whatever like i'm not gonna get upset at, at, at getting something new for free um but at the same time we also got to see what the offer truly is, right? It's hard to judge. We don't know how this is going to work exactly, what the balancing is going to be. So it could be that it doesn't really mean anything for uh, for people like us, uh, but it could be that it's just an extra, you know, bonus every once in a while that, that doesn't hurt. Yeah, I think from a, like a top-down perspective, it's like, um, like some executive thinks that this is going to drive engagement, that this is going to make people play or whatever, and therefore uh -huh. it's going to lead to more sales because, you know... We can. Or I almost kind of see like this dark, this dark way of using it because, like, what if a game is gonna suck, right? What if a game is gonna review really poorly, but PlayStation can push it? Like, what if this program is like successful enough that it can drive sales? Where like this game is the flavor of the month. We're gonna drive sales here. Like, we're gonna push it mm -hmm. here. We're gonna give you all these rewards. It's come take it. Just come earn it, or whatever, right? And so now all of a sudden, this game that's kind of like a five out of ten is gonna sell well because, you know, hey, we can 
people are going to just want to get some rewards out of it or something like that. I don't know. It just seems that yeah. doesn't really cost them anything if it's digital, by the way, like if it's digital goods. So, it's, you, you know, know what I mean? I like, think, yeah, I think kind of similar to the trophy system itself and the achievement system. I think a lot of the companies now are trying to drive customer loyalty. Right. So um, I think the idea is that they want you to get engaged in the PlayStation brand, the PlayStation ecosystem, play these games, earn these rewards. You're already earning trophies. You're subscribed to PlayStation Plus. You're getting these free games and whatnot. And they, you, you're just going to want to keep there, right? Like they want to find the, they, they want to get the consumers and then keep them moving forward. They want people to go and buy the PS5 Pro when, when it launches next year. They want people to go and buy the PS6 when it launches three years after that or whatever. So I think it's all about kind of keeping people engaged and loyal to the ecosystem. Xbox is also doing that with achievements, with Game Pass and that stuff. And Nintendo in their own ways as well with the NSO and whatnot. And I think that's interesting because... I think a lot of a lot of the customers out there are loyal, but then there's a bunch that are not, right? I I was the kind of person where in the in the Wii, PS3, Xbox 360 generation, I did most of my gaming on the Wii. That was my primary console of choice. And then later on, I became more of a PS4 guy and I mostly played on that. And then recently I've been mostly playing on my Xbox. I just kind of go to PlayStation for particular exclusives like Earlier in the year, I played Horizon, and now I'm playing Ghost of Tsushima. Other than that, everything else I tried out that was third-party, I played on Xbox because of Game Pass. So I think that there are people like that that kind of hop around. We had a bunch of people that played the 360 and then went to the PS4. Maybe now we're on the PS5. Maybe they're back to Xbox, etc. And I think they're trying to, you know, create these programs that are going to just keep people in their brand. Um, and I, I think it's smart, but we have to see, like, once again, like, how the execution is. Hmm. Okay. Um, I'll say we'll see because uh I don't know. Like I'm I'm probably not the audience for this. I'll just say that. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Just like I'm not the audience for the Discord <laughs> <laughs> on the Xbox. Uh we got two extra news here for Sony. Uh the first one is that Sony Interactive Entertainment has completed its acquisition of Haven Studios. Uh that is of course Jade Raymond's uh studio that we talked about earlier in the year and teased an exciting collaboration with Mark Cerny. Uh, who's like one of the top hardware guys at uh, at PlayStation, does GDC talks and stuff. Uh, and then the other extra news here is that six minutes of the last one, Last of Us Part One remake footage has been leaked. Uh, this is similar to stuff that leaked with the Last of Us uh, Part Two uh, before that game came out, and there's a bunch of people online reacting to it and stuff. I have intentionally not watched the footage because I. I guess I just kind of don't really care to be yeah. honest. Um, um, I would like to see the footage. I haven't seen it. Like I didn't. I mean, I saw there's a video on the link, uh, but the thumbnail already doesn't give me any uh, uh, any what do you, I don't know. Like it doesn't give me any confidence. Is what I was gonna say. Uh, yeah. That being said, we were supposed to talk about it during Double XP, but Fame forgot about it. Like it was he literally he legit forgot to make that a topic he was uh, we normally do three topics plus the outro mm -hmm. and he did three topics plus the outro we were supposed to do four topics and that was just out of his flow uh that being said we were going to go in on this game we were going to talk about how this is a cash grab blah 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 and all that stuff we were gonna, like, <laughs> i wrote an article on level one gaming about like why it shouldn't have been made um and then then uh fame did a 15 minutes of fame on like on it being a cash grab and then also like from what i understanding like again having not seen the footage uh but getting the off-camera takes uh what they said on the level one gaming crew uh it just the 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 leaked footage sort of proves that it is a cash grab to in their opinion so yeah yeah so i i think I'm, I'm actually watching one of the videos right now real quick i i think this looks really good i think this looks like what you would expect like a 
you know a, a remaster a, to look like a remaster to look like on the ps5 i i think i think people get confused with the terms because the truth is i think people use these terms differently i think they're calling it a remake because they straight up went in and remade a bunch of the assets right like you can't just um remaster things like this all the time but i think for the audience when we see when when we think when we hear remake we think final fantasy 7 remake where it's right. like it's a different game right yes. it's a completely different game um so it's really it's probably more so like somewhere in between or whatever i I think other companies would have done the same work and called it a remaster. I don't want to get too into the semantics. I think I would rather Naughty Dog have focused these efforts in something else because I think PS4, the PS4's Last of Us remastered is still very good, you know, and you can play it on the PS5 and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, Which though, it's like, <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, like, I, I, I get kind of divided because I'm also of the opinion that I think it's important to kind of keep games updated, right? Like, I, I feel like we compliment Xbox so much for the fact that they will go back and, and, and release, like, free upgrades for, you know, their older games and shit like that. Um, I, it's the fact that they're selling this for $70. <laughs> I, 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 I just got to be honest. I think that if you, if you, uh, if you own the last of us remastered on the ps4 and you go out and you buy this game day one for 70 dollars um i i don't understand what you're doing with your money you know but <laughs> which but to each their own which you know? by the like, way I, I did look at this up it is part of the playstation cl- uh, collection like if you're right. a ps plus member it's there it's still there yeah and there's no Besides, plans we- for it to be taken out so like you you can literally play the last of us part uh the last of us remaster like the ps5 the ps4 pro version on your ps5 it's like exactly what the hell um, um you can't help but wish that they they could have given us a, a an option to like if you already own the game get like a 10 dollar upgrade or something right like a 20 dollar upgrade or something like that um and then i feel on- like that would have been easier to digest than it would have it, we would not have gotten so much uh you know, I would even bet that that's what Naughty Dog wanted to do, you know. And then on top but, of that, there's no multiplayer. Yeah, I, I, I myself can't can't be mad about that because I think, <laughs> like, I don't think they had a choice, really, because I think that it would have... Be competing it, with it themselves. Yeah, yeah, it would it would have been... Because they're going to release The Last of Us multiplayer game next year, they would have... Um, it would have been wasted, even more wasted work, and, and they would it, it would hurt them in the long run, so I don't... But I understand people that would argue, well, it's less than the original package, right? So, so it shouldn't be seventy dollars. It's right? less. Maybe... It's less than the original package, and you're charging more. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I I think this would have been a great, you know, forty dollar release with a like option to upgrade your previous digital game for like twenty bucks or something. I don't know. Like, um. But we also know that give it a year. And you're going to be able to get this for under forty dollars. So and, and give it two years, uh, it'll be a part of PlayStation pl- uh, Premium for free. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, but it is one of the best games of all time. So if you have never played it, you're a new PS5 owner. Sure, go and get it. It's the number um, two best game of all time on the Ready Press Play scale. <laughs> yes, there we go. Um, now let's talk about Nintendo. I thought this was interesting. Uh, this is also about a week owed. Nintendo buys Animation Studio and forms Nintendo Pictures. I'm surprised. I didn't really see people talk about this on social media. Um, This was reported here by Austin Goslin, probably Ryan Goslin's brother or something, um, (laughs) for Polygon. Nintendo is buying Dynamo Pictures, a visual production company based in Tokyo that focuses on CG animation and motion capture. Nintendo announced its plan to buy Dynamo on Thursday, saying it would change the company's name. Dynamo. Okay saying it would change the company's name to Nintendo Pictures after the deal closes, which is expected to happen in October. 
Dynamo Pictures has worked on several TV projects like Yuri on Ice, very popular anime, as well as games like Near Replicant Version, Big Number, and Dad's Trandy. The studio has also worked with Nintendo in the past on the Pikmin short movie series. Do you remember those, Lewis? Yep, the Wii U days. <laughs> yep. According to Nintendo's filing, the acquisition of this new studio is intended to strengthen the planning and production structure of visual content in the Nintendo group and focus on developing visual content utilizing Nintendo IP. While that statement is fairly vague, the move shouldn't come as a surprise considering the recent resurgence of video game studios leaning into production of movies and TV shows to bolster their most popular franchises. Sony released Uncharted earlier this year and is already in development on an HBO series based on The Last of Us, as well as a Peacock series based on the Twisted Metal franchise. Perhaps even more analogous, Riot Games created the League of Legends animated series Arcane with Fordish Productions, which it invested heavily in after the show's first season debuted on Netflix. One-time Nintendo rival Sega has also made big bets on film and animation, with multiple Sonic the Hedgehog products released and in development. In fact, Nintendo itself signaled that it was jumping into the Hollywood fray last year with the announcement of the new Super Mario Bros. movie, which will be produced by Illumination and star Chris Pratt, Seth Rogen, and Anya Taylor-Joy. Outside of just movies and shows, Nintendo could also be planning to use Dynamo to create new content for its games or even its theme parks. All of these would fall under Nintendo's umbrella of visual content and would be areas that Dynamo has extensive experience in. Interesting move. What do you think, Louis? You know, I honestly, I heard, I saw this story, by the way. I did not know about the last part about it being rebranding to Nintendo Pictures because when I hear like Nintendo Pictures, you know, there's PlayStation Studios now. That's, that's the, they, that was the company that produced the Uncharted movie. So it's like, my thinking is like, oh, you're going to basically cut out the middleman. You, I mean, you had a partner with Illumination to make the Mario movie. So instead of, you know, going to Hollywood, you're just going to make your own studio or buy your own studio and just produce it in-house, you know? Like, yeah. what if the Mario movie was a success? Maybe there's no contract for a sequel. Or I don't know, maybe yeah. there is or there isn't. But if there isn't, then Nintendo could make the Mario movie with Chris Pratt, but without an illumination, you know what I mean? Like, that that kind of feels very sinister. It feels very Nintendo of them, which is, like, you know, probably par for the course. <laughs> uh, but that being said, like, I, I don't know. Like, my first initial reading of the, of the uh, when I first heard the story, like, uh, last week, my understanding or my interpretation of the story is that they were just going to use this company to make CGI cutscenes for their games. So like games right. such as like Metroid, um, Metroid Dread, and uh, even the Mario sports games like have opening CGI cutscenes that they actually Nintendo actually has to outsource to other companies to make them. Yeah, I was going to talk about Fire Emblem because Fire Emblem has really good anime style CGI cutscenes. They've had it since. Awakening yes. on the 3DS. Mm -hmm. um, they're very impressive looking, actually. I remember on the 3DS, they look so beautiful um, for what we were used to seeing in that platform. And I'm pretty sure they also outsource all those to, like, anime studios in Japan. Yeah. And stuff. Even, even the Smash Bros, like, trailers get outsourced. Yes. yes so, yes, yes. like, my thinking is they're just going to continue to make CGI cutscenes for their games and their marketing, and that's it. Just make it in-house. That was yeah. my original, original, like, interpretation, but... When you say Nintendo Pictures, that just that just sort of makes it go up for me. And I don't know, yeah. like I, I'm a little bit of like uh, I'm a little bit of tepid on this one. Like I want to say yes, like bring on the movies, bring on the bring on the Legend of Zelda uh, series, right? Uh, I I, I want to say that, but at the same time, like you know, the more obvious thing would be just to like, oh yeah, we're just gonna make CGI cutscenes in house. That's yeah. so. There's a lot of angles on this, right? Like like you said, 
this could be more of like a like a support production company that will be doing trailers and cutscenes and stuff for the theme parks like they mentioned in the in the article and stuff and that's not sexy now, <laughs> yeah it's, it's not as interesting right now now they could be going the the playstation uh, route and, and and having their own studio that will be making movies and tv shows with nintendo characters and whatnot the interesting thing about that is that that would mean that nintendo is going after what the other companies are doing which is not very nintendo right <laughs> like they're usually the ones that want to do something completely different everybody's going right they want to go left uh so it's almost like i'm not fully convinced of that yet they are working on the Mario movie, and that raises some more questions here, too. Did the stuff with Illumination not go that well? Right? Like, do they have any issues or creative differences? And then they're going, you know what? Let's do our own thing. Let's buy a studio so that we can fully control the creative process. Or mm. could it be that the whole deal with Illumination was so that they could kind of test, test their the toes, test the waters in this world and see how it goes. And it actually went well to the point where I made them go, this is going to be big. Let's we just do it ourselves. Our <laughs> like, yeah, we got to have our own thing, right? Like, if we, So lots of different angles. I don't think we have enough information to really figure out what this is yet. Uh, but I'm very much looking forward to hearing more about it. And I feel like the story was a little buried because I didn't really see a lot of people talking about it myself. But um, I think it's a very interesting story that has a lot of potential. We, we still we only know kind of the tip of the iceberg, right? But I Nintendo mean, Pictures, that that's a strong name. Yeah, <laughs> Nintendo Pictures. Yeah, and yeah. so stuff with like like the Sonic the Hedgehog movies being real, uh, being popular, Arcane popping off on Netflix, even like Castlevania on Netflix and stuff like that. Like, there's so much like video game content yeah. that's just like popping off in other media yeah. that like and, it just feels like I mean I guess uh, doesn't got to sort of ride the bandwagon on this one, you know? And the superhero stuff is not as popular as it once was, and I it's funny because I had a conver- I've I've brought this up in the podcast many times before. But I had this conversation with my sister many years ago where when, when the MCU was at its peak and we're talking about how, like, what is going to be the next thing? Like, it can't just be comic books forever, right? Like, that that's the trend. And I said, I think after we exhaust the comic book stuff, I think we're going to go to video games because there's a lot of potential for bringing video games to the big screen. And we're seeing it. We've always seen it. It's always They've always been around, but not in the way that they are right now. There's so much video game shit in development. It's crazy. It's um, like a gold rush, like a renaissance thing going yeah. on. It's like we got yeah, Detective exactly. Pikachu and then Sonic, and then they opened the door for everyone else. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly it, right? We're, and we're also seeing some of the better um, video game content that, we, that we've seen. Much better than what we used to see before as well. Um, real quick, two Nintendo extra news here. Nintendo announced... A uh, new game, Kirby's Dream Buffet for <laughs> Switch. It is coming this summer and supports local and online multiplayer. Uh, and then Nintendo has requested their fans to stop using its Wi-Fi USB connector from the DS slash Wii era due to security concerns. Don't think a lot of people are probably using this right now, but they just throw that out there. Question. Why mm-hmm. would the there need to be a Nintendo Wi-Fi USB connector? Oh, wait. Is the Wi okay? Hold on. Like when I think of Nintendo Wi-Fi, I'm thinking like Wi-Fi, like wireless. Is this USB mm-hmm. connector like an Ethernet cable adapter? Uh, I don't think so. It's more of like a like a Wi-Fi dongle or something. Yeah, but uh, the DSs, the DSs, and the Nintendo well, Wii had Wi-Fi built into them. The two devices released in 2005 and 2008, respectively, allowed users to establish a Wi-Fi connection to their DS system or Wii via broadband connected PC. Oh, I see. Okay, so I think this is very niche, actually. I think this was a way, like, if your PC was connected via Ethernet, this would allow you 
like your Wii to use your PC as a router. You know what I mean? That's dumb. To connect via your PC to the internet, maybe something like that. I don't. I don't really know. But you're good point, Louis. Good point. Yeah. I didn't think of that. I will say, but like when it comes to like, there's two of them. There's the USB, like the Ethernet adapter. Uh, is basically where you just plug in the Ethernet cable directly to the Wii. It's my understanding that these two devices are just basically using old technology that has since been like decrypted, right? Like there's mm-hmm. it's 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 easily exploitable. There's hacks. So to use them even to this day, you're risking you know getting your systems hacked or corrupted so yeah Mm -hmm. um as far as the kirby thing this looks like kirby fall guys like fall guys with a kirby skin (laughs) yeah yeah that's that's kind of what you know i couldn't put my finger on it but yeah i i I totally see it um you know you know what they say about the kirby games right it's like when, (laughs) when nintendo starts dropping a bunch of kirby games it's usually the the end of a of a life cycle for a console, but the Switch still feels so like it's in the middle it's of still, its life yeah, cycle. Yeah, so. according to Nintendo, it's still at the halfway point. Yeah, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. Maybe maybe the Switch Pro is coming after all, <laughs> sometime soon. Um, I'm gonna make this one quick. NPD results, GamesIndustry.biz. Marie D'Alessandri. Don't remember if we heard her name before. Uh, well, future friend of the show, hopefully. <laughs> uh. The game industry spending has been dropping compared to last year. Uh, this Ouch. June was down 11% compared to last June. Um, that being said, you know, Elden Ring is a big hit for the year. Uh, it has placed first in dollar sales in four of its five months in the market. Uh, it is the game of the year so far when it comes to, uh, to sales. And I believe it is also one of the best-selling games of the last 12 months or or even U.S. history from, from what I've... I've learned uh, the PS5 did pretty well, uh, generated the highest dollar sales amongst video game hardware platforms in both June and the first half of calendar 2022 overall, while the Switch led both time periods in unit sales. Hmm. Uh, no love for Xbox this time. We saw it in some of the other months, but it looks like overall in the year, uh, PS5 and Switch still probably doing better. Um, and then for the top games... Elden Ring number one, Star Wars The Skywalker Saga number two, new new release Mario Strikers Battle League at number three, MLB The Show at number four, Overwatch at number five, big bump for Overwatch going from 57 last last month to five this month, likely because of the, you know, the, the stuff for Overwatch 2. Uh, Mario Kart 8 uh, up from eight to six, then Nintendo Switch Sports number seven, it had a bit of a drop, Kirby and the Forgotten Land number eight. Final Fantasy VII Remake jumping significantly from 159 to number 9, and Minecraft closes out the top 10. Then from 11 through 20, we got Call of Duty Vanguard, F122 new release, Monster Hunter Rise, Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaba, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Fire Emblem Warriors 3 Hopes new release, Sonic Origins new release, Pokemon Legends Arceus, The Quarry new release, and Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales. Holy shit! There's so many new releases in the bottom twenty. Like, jeez. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The quarry at number nineteen. Like, oh my god. Well, it depends on what day in June it came out. If it was at the end of June, I guess that's acceptable. But mm-hmm. that being said, like, um, holy crap! I said Mario Strikers at number three. That's so pitiful. Like, uh, like it's so. It's like the internet has been wanting this game so long, and it just. I don't know. It just seems like very weird. For me. And we were just talking about, I think last week or, or, or either on this show or one game at a time or whatever about how this game came out and it wasn't super well received, but 
It's a Nintendo first party game on the Switch, so it's uh, top three in the month. You know what I mean? And uh, and that's not counting the digital sales. Who knows? Maybe it could even be above Lego Star Wars or, or something. Right. Uh, man, I feel I feel like Nintendo can just put anything on the Switch and it will sell. <laughs> to be honest, at this point. Yeah, but, uh, but like, I also I don't want to demean Mario Strikers. Yeah, know? but I think it, was, it should be like a number one. Not to say anything against El- Elden Ring or whatever. It's a game that came out in January. Um, yeah, but Elden Ring is just. Oh wait, no, it did it come out in January? No, it was supposed to come out in January. I don't remember. It was February, I think. But El- the truth is, Elden Ring is just becoming one of those games that we'll probably see Elden Ring on the top ten of this list for the next five years. You know, it's probably going to be or ten years or whatever. I, I, I think this game may very well be the next. You know, GTA uh, Skyrim 5. or GTA, like those games that are always on the list. Which honestly, both of the ones I just mentioned, GTA Five not, not on the this list. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah. So that, yeah, that's just my little takes on that. And uh, by the way, like I, I want to question, like, is Final Fantasy VII remake jumped up 150 spots because of the Square Enix presentation, or I, like I don't? I think, think so. Well, Depend- they announced. Um, I, I know they announced a few things. They announced like the part two of the remake that we we covered. Uh, and there were some few like random spin-off games and stuff. I don't know if there was new content to this game. Possibly there was. But even if there wasn't, I feel like it would make people go like, oh shit, now I know that part two is coming out. Let me go and get part one and, and play it so that I'm ready for, you know, part two. It has a it has a date, I think like a window or something. Yeah. Um so I think that kind of makes sense, but it's surprising that it jumped that much, you know? <laughs> yeah, nothing else is nothing else to add though. But um just say I feel bad for the quarry. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, I wonder if the quarry was in a, any of the subscription services or something. Maybe that dragged it down a little bit. But um, talking about uh, Elden Ring and some of these other games, uh, let's do a quick check in on Game of the Year watch. Uh, we're now more than halfway through 2022, which is crazy to me. Uh, we don't need to stay on this topic too long necessarily, but I just kind of wanted to us to to you know, do an update. Look, I look through, uh, the Metacritic top ranked games and I, I try to filter out all the re-releases and, and ports and stuff like that. And, uh, this is kind of what it's looking like right now. It's Elden Ring is a major front runner. It has a 96 on Metacritic with the next highest game being Rogue Legacy 2 with a 90. And then we got a few other things here in the, in the high eighties. We got Neon White, which is this new, game that i've been hearing some people talk about it's like a smaller like a you know like a double a kind of indie kind of game uh game called norco which i didn't know about uh horizon forbidden west of course is over here oli oli world skateboarding game came out earlier in the year gran turismo 7 which has pretty good uh critic reviews not so good user reviews tmnt tmnt shredder's revenge i'm gonna say call it right now tmnt shredder's revenge is gonna win best family game (laughs) <laughs> or something like that i think i think it'd do that i i, I would uh also just wanted to say i wanted to I, I wanted to interrupt you sooner but horizon forbidden west just can't catch a break because i feel like people are forgetting that it's a 2022 game at this point yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i have to say looking at this looking at this metacritic list right now at this point and with everything else getting delayed and stuff um i i think horizon will be there um i think that i don't know if we're gonna see like we know Elden Ring is a guaranteed spot in the likely winner, right? And there's there's four or five other spots. Like I don't think there's going to be four other games, you know, like five other games uh to take those to uh to kick Horizon out. So I I think Horizon will still 
get its shine. I think it's going to be Elden Ring, Horizon, God of War, and then a mixed match of whatever else, you know, like some indie representative or something and, and other stuff. And can, we, um, can we throw in a, a, a Nintendo game? Like, can we throw in either Splatoon 3 or Xenoblade 3? Uh, possibly, yeah. I don't know. I feel like Xenoblade doesn't get that kind of love. Um, Splatoon might. If a Splatoon is, like, you know, hits as strong as, as the previous Splatoon games have and, and, and gets bigger, right? Like, hits bigger, um, then I think it could. Um, some other notable things in here that I'm going to throw a shout-out. Um, Nobody Saves the World uh, has an 84. I uh, I didn't beat that game, but I played it for a good, like, 10 hours or something. I had a really good time with it. That was a good... Drinkbox uh, game that came out earlier this year, the developers of Guacamole and stuff. Uh, Patrick's Box, I don't think has any chance at anything, but it's a phenomenal uh, indie game. Really cool. Uh, Stray just came out. I really want to play that. I think it looks cool. It's uh, it's free with one of the PS Plus tiers or whatever, so completely I don't know f- if I'm going to be buying the game or getting that. I completely forgot that it was uh, free with PlayStation Premium, but yes. Yeah. I will be checking that out. Yeah. Um, Obviously, the Kirby game, Kirby and the Forgotten Land, people, a lot of people really liked it. Uh, we had Moss Book 2 come out on PSVR. I don't think that that will be there at all. Pokemon Legends, I think, will be kind of forgotten by the time we get to the, the end of the year. Uh, we had Triangle Strategy and then uh, Live Alive or Live Alive. Live Alive just came out and it's getting really good reviews. Okay. Um, um... Uh, weird... Go ahead. I was gonna say the next one or the, or the second the next second one up after your your list is Capcom Arcade Second Stadium. That's a port. Those are just ports of games, multiple games. Yeah, but you know, I I, I guess I I wasn't sure if I wanted to consider it. Like it's kind of like it's a collection, right? So I feel like a collection almost makes it its own game. But you're right, that's not gonna be in the game of the year. Who knows? But I don't think it's gonna be in the game of the year conversation. So good point. Okay. Uh, Sifu is in this list as, as well, but I, I don't think it truly hit as strong as it could. Uh, Lost Ark is like really big on on the PC place. Its place is like an MMO, and and then we got Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes, which is a, a Muso uh, Dynasty Warriors game. So so what are you thinking, Louis? Do you have any uh, any thoughts? Some like um, well, it's surprisingly like it just like oh, I guess. With like uh, with like Legends Arceus and like and Forbidden West, like it just seems like there's a lot of games that you, people think are gonna, are going to be hits and stuff, but then they you kind of sort of forget about them, like like Kirby and the Forgotten Land. That's like forgotten is in the title, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's good. But that being said, like this is a uh, so far it's not a this is kind of a tepid year for me. Like looking at the list, um, hopefully like the fall hits uh, like big and yeah. stuff and. Uh, yeah, it's like it's got to be. I would say like it is a bit of a rarity. Like it's not very often that a game, you know, early in the year wins game of the year. Like like a, a game that releases early in the year uh, wins game of the uh, year. Like the Breath of the Wild is like the last time I can think of that happening. Because like well, I, I think God of War Ragnarok also released in May. Earlier. Yeah, that's true. Ish. So. Um. Uh, but yeah, yeah, no. Just like a as a general like rule of thumb, like when it comes to award shows, like. Uh, people tend to release movies like, like especially with the Oscars, they always release the movies as late as they can because uh, the voters, uh, the voters tend to like uh, follow like recency bias. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, yeah. So as of as of this point, if I had to pick like a like a five, what I think would be like five nominees from this list or something, uh, I think it would be of course Elden Ring. I think Horizon Forbidden West would be there. Um, I actually think something like Triangle Strategy or Live Alive, like one of the two might get a, a spot or something like at, at this point. Um, yeah. Like and then if the Game Awards are held tomorrow. 
Yeah. Yes, exactly. Like, I guess, like, Stray, perhaps, like, just, like, that recency bias thing. People really seem to like it. Uh, and I don't know about Rogue Legacy. I mean, Rogue Legacy 2 is the second best rated game. <laughs> so I feel like maybe it should it, it should have something, too. But I feel like it sort of flew under the radar somehow. We, we were, um, like, even questioning whether or not it was going to release because we read the blurb twice. I remember that. Uh, yeah that's true that's true there was like a weird thing with it yeah i honestly didn't even know the game released to tell you the truth i think when we revisited this conversation like a couple months ago i didn't even have it on my list um yeah uh but yeah no if the game awards are being held tomorrow the nominees in my opinion would be elden ring horizon gran turismo 7 teenage mutant ninja turtles um, and then let's just do one more um it's triangle strategy yeah all right yeah all right fair enough We'll see, uh, and and of course the only games that uh, that we played <laughs> are uh, you know uh, Tractoyomi, which is not here because uh, it didn't rank <laughs> super true. high. That right? is true. And I and I played Nobody Saves the World. Um, I don't think I played anything else yet, but I want to play some more of these games. Maybe we should start like uh, penciling these in for like uh, one game at a time. Like let's just do like one game at a time. Like two. Oh yeah, I'm supposed to get you a list. <laughs> we should do one game at a time of like Horizon, like a double a double Horizon or something like that. Ah, you know you know what's the worst about that is because I played that game earlier this year. I don't want to play it again <laughs> <laughs> right now. You know, like a Horizon One at least. Yeah. I would be down to play two. But you know what? Um, you know what you can do? Just buy the expansion and just play the expansion. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I and then I actually and then I'll play the expansion. The- I, I started the expansion. I just haven't finished it. Oh, ah, well, then I'll just play the vanilla game and then we can sort of swap notes at the end. But yeah, no, like, I think, yeah. uh, uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know if we want to do two games of, like, two open world games in the same franchise in back to back months, but. It's, it would be rough. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like I need, every time I play, like, a, like, a big open world, like, 40 plus hour game, I kind of need, like, like, I need my next game to be, like, a stray. You know what I mean? Like, a a, palette like sort cleanser. of like a palette cleanser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah um so that's more like i want to try to like kind of play with that um but yeah i i get your point though i think maybe like i actually think something like like stray would be a good one for us to do uh potentially or some of those shorter games we can try to throw some of them in there um but we'll talk about that off camera yeah now let's hit up the extra news uh i already i already read a few earlier on but we got 14 other items in the biggest roundup we've ever had on the show a baker's dozen Number one, Doom creator John Romero announced is currently hiring for an all-new FPS with an original IP in partnership with a big publisher and developed by his company, Romero Games. Number two, the MetaQuest VR platform, previously known as Oculus Quest, will soon remove its obnoxious Facebook account mandate. Yes. Number three, Ubisoft is the listing Assassin's Creed Liberation HD, Rayman Legends, Ghost Recon Future Soldier, Soldier and other games from Steam on September 1st. They will remain playable for those who already own the titles. Those bastards. Number four. Ubisoft has canceled Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Frontline, a planned Battle Royale game announced last fall. Number five. Bandai Namco says it was hacked by a ransomware group in July. The Elden Ring and Tekken publisher confirmed last Wednesday. Number six. Danish entertainment company Nordisk has fully acquired the Dark Pictures and Until Dawn studio Supermassive Games. Those bastards. Number seven. Sega announced that its Mega Drive slash Sega Genesis Mini 2 is coming to North America on October 27th for around $100 exclusively on Amazon. Those bastards. Number eight. 
Fall Guys clone Stumble Guys is stopping charts, racking up $21 million plus in revenue and 160 million downloads to date on mobile. Okay, that's not that's not cool, but whatever. Number nine is the double. A year after Activision Blizzard's explosive lawsuit, workers walk once again to end gender inequality, as well as Blizzard QA workers from Vicarious Visions announced plan to unionize. Number 10. Nintendo and Valve have warned against using the Switch and the Steam Deck, respectively, outside during the summer, as temperatures above 35 degrees Celsius or 95 Fahrenheit can make the devices throttle and not give you a good, pleasant gameplay experience. Number 11. Uncharted's 2, 4, and The Last of Us co-director Bruce Straley has founded a new indie studio called Wildflower Interactive. Number 12. In a move similar to New York Times' acquisition of Wordle, Spotify has bought the music-guessing game Hurdle for an undisclosed sum. Those bastards. No, number 13. L Lewis is just not happy about the corporate overlords buying other companies. Except when it's, you know, the, the, the overlords he likes <laughs> and has pledged his soul to. <laughs> yes. Number 13. Rockstar reportedly once intended to release Red Dead Redemption 2 for PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and S, but has since shelved the plans to do so. Number 14. Twitch streamers Lily Pichu and Myth have accepted exclusive deals with YouTube. And for the longest roundup to date, Animation Tekken Bloodline hits Netflix on August 18th. Inscription, the game, is coming to PS4 and PS5 on August 30th. Yars Recharged is a remake of classic Atari game Yars Revenge, developed by Adam Vision, and comes to PC, Xbox, Switch, PlayStation, and the Atari VCS on Q3 of this year. No More Heroes 3 is coming to PlayStation, Xbox, and PC on October 11th. That is, of course, already out on Switch. Dragon Ball The Breakers is a multiplayer horror game coming to PC, PS4, and Switch on October 14th. Nintendo announced that Bayonetta 3 is coming on October 28th. There was also a small story about how that game is going to have like a like a non-inappropriate uh, mode where she is fully clothed. So that's interesting. Uh, Supermassive's next game, The Dark Pictures, The Devil in Me, will be released this fall for PC, Xbox, and PlayStation. Robocop Rogue City is a new game coming to Switch, PS5, PC, and Xbox in June of next year, 2023. Ubisoft has delayed Avatar from Tears of Pandora to sometime in 2023 or 2024, in quotes. VR developer Servios announced a new Aliens game for PC consoles and VR platforms. And developer Nacon, or Nacon, announced a new Terminator survival game is in development. So lots of new game announcements, some delays, and some release dates. Lewis, yeah, yeah. I gotta rest my voice. I know, I Take know. it away. All right, a lot to talk about here, but uh, yeah, first off, I did not know that the meta quest, I mean, like, that is just so, like, dumb. Like, I get that your Facebook is now meta and stuff like that, so everything's gotta be meta, but damn, that's just dumb. Dumb naming. Uh, sure, I'm glad that they're, like, getting rid of the Facebook account mandate. I, it was definitely an unpopular opinion. And uh, it's definitely a win, but also like a part of me almost kind of feels like the corporate, uh, what is it, like the, the corporate uh, per, uh, directive is to integrate, integrate, integrate. And I feel like this is not helping their bottom line, especially with Facebook, you know, being such a, what is it, like publicly like hated company, I guess. 
I don't know. Dude, when uh, you know, when the meta stuff happened, their stock went down, and I was like, now is the moment. I'm gonna buy some stock because it's gonna go back up. And so far, <laughs> you're losing money. It's, it's just kept going down, dude. <laughs> but, oh well, that's on me. Yeah, uh, Rayman Legends should never be delisted for delisted for anything. But I'm guessing, like, I don't I don't understand why they would delist it because I'm assuming that they're gonna get still be on the the UPlay store or whatever. So. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't understand the the dealing between Ubisoft delisting games. Uh, there should be almost no reason for them to. Um, but whatever. Uh, not cool with ransomware for Bandai Namco. That sucks for them. Um, uh, well, like my whole thing about like the uh, super massive games being bought. Like I, I don't know. I just naturally assume that super massive games is an American studio. But if I'm wrong, if I, if it's not, then I'm wrong. But a Danish a Danish company buying them just seems very weird. Uh, so unless of course, like I said, unless they're not. American, which I can hear Google. I can hear they're, Dan Googling right now. <laughs> yeah, they're British. I was just looking at it. Oh, they're British. Interesting. Yeah, they're in England. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, but yeah, it's another country. Okay, whatever. Two countries intermingling. Fine, whatever. Um, as far as Sega doing the, the Sega Genesis uh, Classic 2, okay, my whole thing about that when I said those bastards is... First off, the only reason why you're doing a second classic is because you're putting other, you're putting more games that were not on the first one, which is like you know whatever you could have just put them on the fr- in the first one. Yeah. And then secondly, I am not actually a fan of uh, of retailer exclusives. And also yeah. on top of that, to add to it, Amazon when they get like hit with like so many pre-orders all at once, like with the PlayStation Five. It's like first come first serve. It's it. Whenever the drop happens, it's over. And like the checkout system, it's like it's it's gonna be bot filled. I can tell you right now, uh, bots are gonna be the ones to buy Am- the those those Genesis. And like I could just see scalping in the future. And also the price, one hundred dollars for a mini console. Like that that's not that's like the most they you can get away with. That was what bucks. they did with the. That's what they did with the PlayStation Classic. Yes. and it failed. <laughs> the PS One Classic failed exactly. The price was one of the biggest reasons why and it failed. Honestly. I, I'm pretty sure, I know people were not, you know, completely happy with the lineup, but that had a better lineup than anything you could get at the Sega Genesis, <laughs> yeah. honestly, because it, it still had, like, Metal Gear Solid and some Final Fantasies and stuff, like... Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, so, like, my whole thing is, when it, when it comes to, like, these type of little products and stuff like that, you want to put it in impulse buy territory, and $100 is not that, is not that, and yeah. I guess since it's not on, like, physical store shelves, like, when I think of, like... You know how like uh, when you're like at a at a grocery store and you get like those like those candies that you can just throw on add on to the cap, just throw it on the on the countertop and just scan it and buy it. Like I want to kind of see like situations where like the, the NES classics and stuff like that are like at a mm-hmm. at your local CVS or lo- local Walgreens yeah. and stuff like that. Dude, they know they know this is not gonna sell to an average audience in the West, so they're just they're going for the scalpers. Like this is straight up scalper bait. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Exactly. I don't know. Like I said, that's just there's just too many things wrong with this picture. Uh, most of it being the the retail exclu- uh, retailer exclusive thing. Um, also, like just saying, stumble guys. First off, derivative as fuck. Uh, <laughs> like I, I just kind of seems very fucked up that you're just like ripping something off and then just putting it on mobile, which is like I guess you're like, you know, since it's not on mobile anyways. Like Fall Guys, the actual game isn't there i guess you're sort of offering or if you're serving an audience i guess but still fuck you guys yeah this shit happens all the time on on the mobile uh world and i i think it's crazy i don't i mean i'm looking at the video right now it looks it's a straight up ripoff there's not even and i i i don't understand like i feel like the games industry still hasn't quite figured out how to fight that yet because another another famous case of this is that there was a game called threes that released on the app store is a mobile game 
for, I think it was like $5. It was, this was back in the day where you could, you know, not that you could, but like, it wasn't that uncommon for a game to come out, like, you know, like Super Mario Run or something like that, that, that was more of a premium game. And that game was just immediately ripped off and released as a free game called 2048, which was literally the same game, except that you're putting twos together instead of threes. And, um, and, and the guy has talked about many times, the developer of that game, his name is Asher, uh, Asher Vollmer, I think, how he was, he was straight up, like, they straight up just ripped off his game and, and, and it became bigger because it was free to play with ads or whatever. And that, you know, he never saw a penny of that and, and was never able to, like, truly fight that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just, it just sucks. Yeah. And uh, let's see here. It's been hot as hell. We've been, like, in Texas, we've been, like, hitting 110 degrees Fahrenheit here. Yeah. So there's a heat wave yeah. going on. So, yeah, it makes sense for you not to play your gadgets because you're not getting cool air into, like, the intake. So mm-hmm. that's I, I, it's kind of intuitive, but I guess you got to put a release out there for that. Um, let's see. And the, one of the last things here is like, oh, oh, I, I don't understand why Rockstar is not putting out Red Dead Redemption 2 for like a PlayStation 5. It's like basically getting a re-release, you know? It's like it's going to drum up some sales. Um, I think after what happened with the like the GTA remasters oh or whatever, God. I think maybe they've, they've raised their standard. And perhaps it's one of those things where it's like they don't want to do it unless they do it well or something no you know? no i don't know like it just a, a simple remaster like all you got to do is just touch it up with some extra textures i think with the the thing about the, the gta trilogy thing is that they they fucked it up really badly like that that was shoddy work and you know they deserved it they, they deserve it so but they're, it's like they're it's like they're gleaming the wrong lessons from this is how i sort of seeing it um mm. but also by, by the way hurdle is again i'm not a fan of derivative shit but good good for you <laughs> I uh, I do terrible. I've tried that one a few times. I, I I'm terrible at it. I'm just so bad. Like I'll listen. Like I I have no idea what the song is until it's like five seconds in, and then I'm like, I know what the song is, but I don't know the name or the art. Like I'm just not good audio person like that. Yeah. But I do pretty well on uh on Wordle. Pretty decent. Um, and one last thing here, I just want to say is uh, I can't believe that the uh, the Avatar game got delayed to like 2023, 2024. If you were gonna try to make it to, by the end of this year, which I guess they weren't going to, but like. If you were to somehow pull it off by the end of this year, like this in December, this December, Avatar 2 comes out in theaters. That was the perfect time for corporate corporate synergy to go down. So that's kind that's of like true. a missed opportunity. But there are another sequels coming out next year and the year after. Yeah, they're they're just going to have to line up with Avatar 3 or Avatar 4 or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully, like I say, Avatar 2 would be the better one because, you know, uh, I don't know. Presumably, there may be like diminishing returns when it comes to like money at the box office. So yeah. like, I would say that would have been the better time, but whatever. Um, and lastly, Nintendo, uh, uh, you know, putting out the release date for Bayonetta 3. Uh, Dan, I believe uh, this is your my time to say that Nintendo has a has a holiday game. <laughs> yeah. 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 In fact, Nintendo. I would argue Nintendo has the best. Like from now till the end of the year, Nintendo has the best lineup because um, they have Xenoblade next month, uh, Chronicles three, Splatoon three, mm-hmm. and Bayonetta three. It's all the <laughs> all, all the number threes in the in the in their franchises coming out, and then Pokemon as well, like a new Pokemon uh, generation. So yeah, compared to Sony, who only has God of War, Ragnarok, which will likely be all you need. a game of the year contender, but just one game and. I don't think Xbox has anything for the rest of this year that is like you know of that caliber. Halo, AAA, Halo you know. Infinite gets a patch or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, I mean, plenty of they, they're getting expansions like all their games, but yeah, I don't think they're gonna get a, a new big AAA game before the end of the year. Uh, it was supposed to be Starfield, you know. Oh yeah, that's right. Not, yeah. So. 
Yeah. Anyways, All right, Lewis. I uh, guess I, I sort of ball hogged that one, but I don't know if you wanted to say anything about extra news. No, 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 no. I, uh, you kind of hit on all the points. I don't. I, I mostly kind of gave my thoughts as I was going through it as well. Um, so I don't have much to say here. Uh, I recommend you go and maybe check out this Dragon Ball game, Dragon Ball: The Breakers. It is a. What is that other? It's not that are alive. It's a Dead by Daylight. It is a Dead by Daylight clone. Interesting. Uh, or, or game in that style, but with Dragon Ball characters. It's being developed by the same developers that made the Xenoverse or Dragon Ball Xeno, whatever. Yeah, I was uh, a game. little like confused with that one because like it doesn't. It doesn't seem very natural, intuitive for me to put Dragon Ball characters into a horror game. Like that doesn't like, you know what I mean? But, yeah, it's yeah, it's not your traditional horror game. It's like, um, it's a asymmetric. Like somebody plays as uh, Frieza or Cell, and then the other players play as like the other Dragon Ball characters, something like that. Uh, but anyway, you can go and look at it on your own uh, time. Let's. Uh, I'm gonna give the show over to you so that you can. Do our uh, our next segment. All right. You know, it is out this week, and I, I just got to say, there was some like recent story with the news with the Wii's on a. Uh, online came back or whatever so yeah shout out to the Wii. um <laughs> okay yeah all right so as we start off with a segment we always do the uh the um, what do you call it the epic game store stuff all right so with epic game store let's see alleged or well, hmm, interesting uh this week for the free game of the week is something called war uh tannenberg which looks like a world war one game it's uh, free right now for the week. And let's read the description. It says, experience authentic first World War action with 64 player battles of maneuver on the Eastern Front. Grab your rifle, ready your saber, and keep your gas mask closed as you prepare to play a part of one of the most significant conflicts in history. It looks like there's got this like cel-shaded look going on here in this trailer. Uh, it's like a mix of like call of duty realism with like some cell shaded graphics i don't know this is interesting yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't call this cell shaded i feel like it's more so just like it's just not overly detailed yeah you know what i mean it's just like it's it's i think it's more it's got like a flat um, look to it yeah it's a bit double a i think that's yeah 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 so anyway it's just it looks interesting uh so it's a multiplayer game and uh claim that as well as there's something called uh like a like a value pack or something for something called Shop Titans. Uh, so Shop Titans, I'm assuming, is either A, a free-to-play game or just a game that is, yeah, whatever. And so you get, like, some some loot or some, some value, some items. Cool shit. So claim it. And then, let's see. And finally, just to round it out here, allegedly, next week's free game is going to be a Lawn Mowing Simulator. So, yeah, that's... Uh, nice. Definitely, I would say one of the well, one of the coldest weeks we've had here in in that big game <laughs> store. Yeah, not much, not much for us to say, I guess. All right, as far as what's going on with Game Pass, let's see here. Inside is coming back to Game Pass because I remember that one leaving. So that one's uh, coming into cloud console and PC as well as Dusk Falls, which uh, I saw the review on IGN. It was actually they gave it some good positive buzz. I think I, that is a game I feel like I w- I would want to check out. It just that review dude that 
um, that is one of the games that I saw the most during Summer of Gaming. Like, I know that you didn't watch as much stuff as I did, but, like, on the indie showcases and stuff. I think this was on the Xbox showcase, and then it was in, like, every indie showcase that I watched. Um, and I just didn't vibe with it unfortunately it was like it was it was like a highly like story driven game where the art is like it has this very unique art like almost like comic book kind of style where you don't see the characters animate you just see it like transition like slideshow you know like it's between like a, different it's like a graphic novel stuff. slash uh yes storyboards yes 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 so it was like like i appreciate an indie developer doing something different i just did not personally feel compelled to play it but I mean, who knows? Maybe the story is very good, and if it's getting good reviews, then you might want to check it out. It's basically like Detroit Become Human in the sense that, like, there's so many, like, the, you know how, like, Detroit shows you at the end of the chapter, it shows you, like, the branching uh, the branching narratives and stuff like yes. that? Yes. Um, there's a lot of branching narratives and stuff like that, that the there's, like, a bajillion endings based off of your choices. So mm-hmm. uh, the narrative is going to be basically based off of what you do because there's so many wildly uh, different things to go with. Uh, characters can die or not die or whatever. So, yeah. Interesting. All right. Uh, but let's uh, see here. Watch Dogs 2 comes out on cloud console and PC, and it's already out right now. Which, by the way, As Dusk Falls is already out as well on the 19th. Uh, apparently, Watch Dogs 2, it reviewed well back in the day, and I played it a little bit at a, at a PSX, and I thought it was cool. Uh, Inside is going to come out, is going to drop on July 29th. And uh, finally, as far as and those are just the the games that I wanted to shout out. By the way, it's not every single thing, but what's going to be leaving uh, Game Pass? Let's see here. Nothing of note. <laughs> I'm just like reading it. I don't really too much care unless you unless you care to shout out something. I mean, I know all of these games um, other than Omno, but yeah, Dodgeball Academia, Katamari Damacy, Luminous Remastered, and Raji, an ancient epic. Uh, these are all actually beloved, like indie or or like double a kind of game illuminates was I, really popular on the ps vita and i think i've only heard uh, of katamari so yeah, katamari is like this huge cult classic from like the i think the dreamcast days and stuff and dodgeball academia was also like a beloved like an indie darling from like a few years ago but uh raji was a game awards nominee for best indie game of the year that it came out um yeah i'm, I'm a little bit more in tune with the the indie space so i i, I know these games but I mean, these are all like, you know, if you did a Metacritic average of these games, it would be like an 80. Um, but but they're not, you know, they're not the big AAA system you know, sellers or like that, why you want to yeah. sign up for Game Pass. I don't know. I yeah, think this exactly. is a more of a positive than a negative on this one. Like sometimes yeah, we, Game Pass be winning, sometimes Game Pass be losing. Uh, yeah, especially with Inside. I mean, that's one of the best games of all time. You know, it's on the ready press playlist. Exactly. Uh, yes. Uh, so there's that. Uh, as far as PS Plus, the games for July have been revealed. Has the games for? Wait, wait, hold on. Wait, why? So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Let me explain to you okay. because you don't, you know, you don't prepare before the show. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So PlayStation Plus now has the same thing as Game Pass, where it's no longer just the free games of the month, but there's also the games being added to PS Plus ah. Extra. You know, so these are the games being added to PS Plus Extra this month. All right, so looking at this list here, we got Stray for the PS4 and PS5, Marvel's Avengers, uh, same, uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Integrate, PS5 only, uh, let's see, AC4, AC Unity, AC Rogue, uh, the Ezio Collection. It's almost literally all of the Assassin's, it's like all of the Assassin's Creed games before the... the Origins. Uh, yeah, before Origins, that's right. I was going to say before the reinvention of the franchise. Wasn't Origins the reinvention of the franchise? 
Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, Saints Row 4, Saints Row God Out of Hell. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, those are the ones that I care, care to shout out. Uh, let's see here. PSP titles, No More Heroes, No Heroes Allowed, Loco Roco Midnight Carnival. Yeah, I think that's interesting. Okay, cool. Um, Stray is the big one. Obviously, that's the one you really have to care about. And unless yeah. you're fame, then there's Marvel's Avengers. <laughs> Friend of the show. True. Um, anyways, there, let's see. I'm looking at the next bullet points here. He says, Pokemon Puzzle League is now out on Nintendo Switch via NSO. Cool. The Metal Gear series turned 35 last week, and Konami is making it a moment by is marking the moment by confirming it will resume it will be resuming the sales of titles that have been temporarily suspended. <laughs> I forgot about that. We totally covered that they just ye- yeeted them off of the the platforms. That, that's such a funny thing too cuz it's like, "Hey, we're celebrating. <laughs> we're celebrating that the series turned 35 by giving you back what you always had that we ripped out from you for no reason." <laughs> Oh well, no, that was no. like what is it? No, we covered it. It was uh like copyright or what is it, licensing stuff, mm. right? That they couldn't renew. I don't remember. I, I vaguely remember that. But yeah, I completely forgot that they yeeted it out of uh digital sales digital store shelves. Um then this is as of today, the new update for Mario Strikers Battle League is uh is out and it's bringing Daisy and Shy Guy as playable characters among other things. Cool. Uh, a new update to No Man's Sky is out now called Endurance. It overhauls how the game's freighters and fleets works. Cool. Uh, the, For- the Forza Horizon 5 Hot Wheels crossover is out now. I thought it was already out, but cool. Um, Halo Infinite's campaign co-op is currently in its test period until August 1st. Yeah, the campaign co-op is in beta. It's so interesting. It's so dumb to think about that, but um, <laughs> it sucks that the game didn't launch with that. Um, yeah. And finally, what's going to be actually out out? It's uh, we got two weeks to cover, which uh, admittedly not a whole lot. Uh, all right, so Live Alive came out on Switch for the on July twenty second, and uh, wait, yeah, July twenty second, and it says here a classic RPG is born in HD two D for its worldwide debut. The storied RPG directed uh, the storied RPG directed by Takashi Tokita, known for his work on Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasies four can't do my roman numerals has been revitalized in the stunning hd 2d visual style and it's being released uh, outside of japan for the very first time each story features rearranged versions of the original music written by kingdom hearts series and final fantasy 15 composer yoko shimamura cool uh july 26 come uh is going to bring story of seasons pioneer of olive town on ps4 also uh the warner brothers game multiverses uh has got the which is like the announced free to play crossover fighting game. It's going to be launching its uh, free open beta, uh, free open beta to all players also on July 26th. And then Hitman Hitman's Three's newest location, Ambrose Island, arrives free for all owners on July 26th. And GTA Online gets a summer update on July 26th. What the hell? It's getting updated. Okay, whatever. Um, Octopath Traveler Champions of the Continent is going to be out on iOS and Android on July 27th. Had no idea that that was a thing. Uh, Bear and Breakfast comes out on PC July 28th, and it says Bear and Breakfast is a laid-back management adventure game where you play as a well-meaning bear trying to run a B&B in the woods. Hank and his friends find an abandoned shack and, equipped with their teenage ingenuity, turn it into a money-making bed-and-breakfast scheme for unsuspecting tourists. As your uh, business expands, so do the mysteries of the forest, and Hank soon finds himself uncovering a plot deeper than the wilderness itself. That is such a weird ass fucking blurb. <laughs> it it actually so this game 
looks actually pretty pretty neat. Um, I've seen some footage from it. It was it was in some of the indie directs and stuff, and uh, it's on my radar. I'm not gonna play it immediately. I think it, it it's gonna be out on the Switch as well. It's it seems like a good Switch game uh, to get on a sale and stuff. It's it's cute. Okay. Uh, next up is Lost Epic for PS4, PS5, PC on July 28th. And then July 29th, we got Digimon Survive for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. It's a rich visual novel experience, unfold a dark tale about friendship and survival uh, that is jam-packed with exciting drama, a unique cast of, uh, a unique cast of characters, and potentially grim choices. A mysterious world, explore otherwise air... Exp- sorry, explore otherworldly areas filled with hidden secrets and digimon to recruit the power is yours your choice affects gameplay your bond with other npcs your digimon's evolution and the outcome of your adventure and then there's thrilling and strategic gameplay persuade your opponents to join your team and evolve them to fight alongside you in thrilling turn-based battles that's a lie there's no such thing as thrilling turn-based battles (laughs) (laughs) it's not real time but whatever (laughs) uh interesting had no idea that this game was coming out and so what's up i'll let you finish and then i'll have some things okay next up we got xenoblade chronicles 3 which coming out on the switch july 29th uh live to fight fight to live join noah and mio members of two opposing nations of keeves and agnes on a heartfelt journey throughout a warring world with a dark secret Traverse massive, fantastical landscapes, and master seamless real-time RPG combat as you expose the true enemy pulling the strings. And rounding it out on August 3rd, we got South South of the Circle, PS5, uh, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Uh, That one is out on August the... third, which I uh, I had a... We published an article on Level 1 Gaming. It's like a... It's a uh, walking simulator game, so... Yeah, and then Turbo Golf Racing is going to be out on Xbox Series, Xbox One, PC on August the fourth. Dan, we get two picks of the, we get two pick of the weeks this week. All right, so I'm gonna give it to Live Alive and then to Xenoblade Chronicles. Same, same Z's. <laughs> All right, uh, I did want to mention so Digimon Survive. That's an interesting game because this game was announced, and I, I was pulling into a Wikipedia article here because I wanted to have my information right. This game was announced in July 2018 Whoa. with a 2019 release date. Wow. Later, on July 6, 2019, the game was delayed to 2020. Um, then, on October of 2020, it was announced on Twitter that it was delayed again as they had to, uh, you know, redo stuff and, and the pandemic was happening and etc. So it was delayed to 2021. Um, then. On July 28, 2021, Toei Animation Animation stated the game would release either in the fiscal Q3 of 2022 or beyond. (laughs) Um, So on October 28, 2021, however, they announced that the game was officially delayed to 2022 uh, and apologized for not providing an update in spring 2021 like they promised. Uh, At Digimon Con earlier this year, it was confirmed um, that the game was going to come out on July 28th, 2022 um, wow. for Japan and then July 29th for the U.S. So this game has been delayed four times <laughs> and it is finally out. It was supposed to be out 
over three years ago. So I wonder if the wait. Uh, I wonder if the wait is going to be worth it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, I know some people have been interested in this game. Um, not me, but <laughs> uh, it's just noteworthy that it's finally coming out. So cool. And not right. noteworthy enough. Wait, wait. Oh, yeah, it is noteworthy. I was gonna say. I was about to say not noteworthy enough to have a have a blurb. But yes, I did read the blurb. Out nope, I one. threw it in there, <laughs> <laughs> and you read the whole thing. Yeah. Um. All right, Lewis. Let's let's move on. Okay. It is time for the Ready Press playlist of best games of all time where we take turns bringing in a game every week that we record the podcast. We're building it slowly. We rearrange it every once in a while and whatnot. I'm not going to read the full list, but I'm going to review the game I'm bringing in today as it's my turn. This is a relatively safe pick, but it's one that you have not played, Lewis. Uh-oh. Uh, but I don't think you're going to fight me too much for it. And it's right there. It is Horizon Zero Dawn on the PS4, released in 2017. Game I played... Earlier this year, like, beat for the first time earlier this year. I had played sort of the beginning of it years ago when it came out. And I have to say, I think this game got obviously overshadowed by the game that came out next to it with Breath of the Wild. And its sequel, which came out this year, got overshadowed by Elden Ring. <laughs> and and at some point, Louis, I, I want us to start doing replacements on the list, if it, if it makes sense. Like, I could see a situation where we play... when I do eventually play Forbidden West, yeah. I want to replace it, right? Yeah. But for the time being, I want to bring Horizon Zero Dawn on the list because I, I, having played the entire game, explored the open world, 100% it, I did all the side quests, um, I did all like kind of like the extra things that you could do, got the best like equipment and all the shit. I think I even got the platinum trophy in it. Damn. I actually can't remember it right now, but, but I, I'm pretty sure I did. Um, I think this game is one of the best open world games of all time. And I think that in 2017, we had kind of this branching path where Nintendo, in an attempt to sort of reinvent the Zelda franchise and in an attempt to reinvent open world a little bit, created this new format of an open world game that is truly... And that had been done before. It's not like they were the first ones to do it, but it, like a more like truly free and sort of aimless open world game where you can go and kind of do whatever. And that's not the game we're talking about today. So I don't want to overextend it. But with Horizon Zero Dawn, I feel like it is the best implementation of the traditional open world game where you got, you know, your millions of side quests tracked on your quest log and you got a shit ton of UI, you know, indicating all the shit around <laughs> you that is relevant. And you get to go to a tower and climb it and reduce part of the map. It's like all the stuff that we're now kind of trying to get away from with some other games, but this is the best implementation of that. And I am somebody that likes that. Like, I enjoy that shit. There's like a craftsmanship to it, to how to do it well, how to do it right, um, that I appreciate. And I think this game just did it perfectly. This is like the best Ubisoft-style open-world game. It is better than any of the Ubisoft games that I played. You it's know, the best that, uh, Ubisoft open-world game to ever Ubisoft open-world game, and it's not even made by Ubisoft. Yes. So, I think this belongs in the list, uh, and I personally would put it somewhere in the middle of the list, like, possibly above Journey, even. Yeah, I was thinking about so, putting it at number 14. It feels like that's the right spot. 
All right, we're not even we're not even arguing about it. No, I was like when you were talking about it, I was scanning the list, and I'm like there. I was like I, I already I already eyeballed <laughs> it. I was like there. Uh, yeah, it's actually kind of interesting because like Journey and and Marvel Spider Man are almost kind of like it's like there's like a like a chasm. You know what I mean? Like uh, what is it? Yeah. What's the what, whatever like uh like what's holding the line kind of thing? Like there's uh-huh. we have a tier. Yeah, that's what I was trying to remember. Like there's a tier. Like. <laughs> we're trying to what tier is it going to fall on that's where we can look at the middle of the list uh but yeah and, and, and it's kind of interesting to compare it to spider-man too because it's sort of hard like i i struggle actually to say which game is best i i do kind of want to give the edge to spider-man right now but because spider-man is also you know a sony uh you know open world game it came out just a year after uh i think spider-man gets the the fun of the movement and the fun of the exploration a little bit better than horizon does just by the nature of it being spider-man right like it's really hard to be swinging around a city right in in the way that spider-man does it and does it so well um but but i feel like in in a lot of the other aspects like like horizon is up there like i think they're they're kind of go toe-to-toe with each other in a lot of ways uh and I, i think horizon is also really fun to play has really good combat uh there's more and more layers to the combat as you progress through the game uh the quests a lot of them are interesting have like interesting stories to them there's some really good you know at times you know the animation has felt a little outdated now because it's been surpassed but uh but it's still for the time and like look really good visually it's still a beautiful game to this day in my opinion and 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 i i i'm pretty positive that when i do eventually play forbidden west i'm just gonna have it replace it here maybe even push it further up or something um but for now i wanted to bring this in the list and i think it's a nice like you said um it's gonna be a holder off the line somewhere (laughs) at some point like like eventually i think this is gonna hold the top 20 or something like that yeah i can see that i can see that do do you want to read the full list for us louis so i can rest my voice i got this all right so the list is now 26 strong at number one we got super mario world number two the last of us number three the legend of zelda ocarina of time number four Tetris and number five, Street Fighter 2. Now, that rounding out the top 10, we got Mario Galaxy, Smash Ultimate, God of War 2018, Celeste, and Fortnite. In the top 20, we got Uncharted 2, Shovel Knight, Marvel Spider Man, Horizon Zero Dawn, Journey, Portal, Inside, Bioshock, Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver, and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. And finishing out the list, uh 21 through 26 we got rayman legends metal gear solid fire emblem three houses super meat boy it takes two and mario power tennis Good you know shit. i just kind of feels it feels wrong saying mario power tennis at the end <laughs> because <laughs> it's like we got like the goats and then we got a personal favorite at the end you know what i mean like it just seems like yeah. wrong at now i i sort of low-key regret it now because i feel like it's not even in the same conversation but to be fair to Mario Power Tennis, it is a fun as fuck game, and even to like casual gamers, you can like you can like bring it out at a party, and it'll be it'll liven things up, which I've done before. But still, I think I think it deserves its spot. Yeah, and I think it very well could be in the in the top fifty <laughs> as we uh, as we grow the list. Yeah. You know, um, I think at some point we're gonna have to be bringing in a lot more nines and eights and and stuff. Right? Yeah. Like, below like below the 50 line or whatever so i think then that's when it's like for a long time you know super meat boy was the bottom <laughs> yeah and now it, it no longer is right so i think that that's that's gonna that's gonna change right um all right yeah that's 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 cool okay uh 
let's uh let's end the show lewis I don't know if you guys could tell, but I have been getting like more congested and like <laughs> struggling more to talk as the show has gone along. <laughs> That's part of why I had you. Uh, I had you read the list there. Um, so we all, yeah, I'll ahead. just say we do our recommendations. I really didn't really plan for one, but I'm just gonna go ahead and just say what's out in theaters this week. Um, nope, which is a a Jordan Peele oh, movie. Yes, comes out uh, starring Daniel Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer. Uh, it's out in mm-hmm. theaters this week. Definitely go check it out. I'm going to watch it this weekend. I'll let you know how it is. All right. I also did not plan a recommendation this week, uh, but I also want to go watch Nope in the theaters. I really like uh, Jordan Peele's movies. In fact, I'm just going to say, go watch Get Out. (laughs) Get Out and Us. I like both of them. Um, So yeah, go check that out because I'm just copying you because I didn't plan this and I got nothing else. So there we go. Jordan Peele. You know what? I'll just go ahead and say what's out in, uh, in Netflix this week. There's a there's a Chris Evans and Ryan Gosling movie called uh, The Gray Man coming out on Netflix, mm. um, and it's and it's directed by the Russo brothers, who are the directors of uh, Infinity War and Endgame, as well as uh, uh, Captain America: The Winter Soldier and Civil War. Cool. So the Russo brothers nice. have a, a nice little Marvel trek, and of course Chris Evans. They worked with Chris Evans. So uh, there's a Netflix movie where like Netflix bankrolled. Uh, their project where they're gonna they, i guess they wanted to make an action movie like a spy action movie so uh the trailer looks cool but apparently the reviews are actually kind of mediocre so that's no bueno yeah i uh i watched a netflix movie recently uh, one of those made for netflix films it was with chris hemsworth and it was called spiderhead mm. and it was about it had this like interesting premise it was about like they've created this technology to inject like chemicals on people and make them feel things. I heard it was like, good. You have, like, I, I know I saw the trailer. People... Yeah. Yeah. So I saw the trailer. I was like, this seems interesting. I want to watch it. But the, the movie is okay. It had, it's like, you know, those movies where you're watching and it's like, Oh, you're like interested in the mystery and stuff. And it like keeps your, it, like it keeps you interested, but then it ends and you're just like, eh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like Netflix movies in general are starting to get a little bit of this, uh, I don't know. Like, is it bad to say that it's like, oh, it's good for a Netflix movie? You know what I mean? Like, it's. Um, I feel like their standard is a little low. Like, I there there are some good gems in there, but I feel like the average is just okay. Yeah, that kind of sucks. But you're right. I know. I know what you're talking about. It's like it's good movie. Uh, you you know, it's good for the subscription service, but not good enough that you would want to pay like twenty dollars a ticket to go to the theater. Yeah, exactly. To pay for it, you know. Yeah, that's that's how I feel about Spider Man. And I was also wondering, like, I noticed that Chris Hemsworth is in a decent amount of these like made for Netflix movies. It almost feels like he's in like one a year or something <laughs> for the last few years. So I was wondering if, because uh, you know how like back in the day, TV networks would have actors that would be on contract to like do a like a made for TV movie like every year or something like that, or like multiple per year or per time frame or something per contract. Yeah. I wonder if Netflix is doing that kind of shit with certain actors right now where... Yeah, I mean, it's been publicly known. Uh, The very first actor that Netflix signed was Adam Sandler. I don't know if you remember that, but there was like a huge... uh There was a big, big deal made out of it when when Adam Sandler signed this six-picture deal with them. Uh, Uh And there was like a lot of... There's been a lot of Netflix movies like you know, that has stars Adam Sandler. I don't know if you know that, but right. he, he, he was one of the very first big, like big name actors to sign it. And so they've been courting a lot of talent that way. Um, it's just by on that, 
you know, on like a lot of money, <laughs> money talks. Yeah. 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 I feel like we're going to keep seeing those a lot, but anyway, it is time to end. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of ready press play. Don't forget to subscribe, give us a nice review and tell your friends about the show. You can find the podcast at ready press play on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at power up Dan and Lewis at chocolate 88. That's right. We come back in about two weeks. See you next time. Bye-bye. Peace.